As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening right now to the Get Global Network podcast of the Midweek Mashup with Mocha Soulfly. You can hear the show live Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, or 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Cell Metro Radio, one of the original member stations of the Get Global Network. With the toaster, then my bro asked me to hold, put it in the closet to the drama unfold. These bullets is no stranger to the chamber and below's 14 mold that I float till it hit to a soul, never gonna get it in vogue. Watching my back and my front, no telling what they be on. A normal nigga approach, ask for a life for a smoke. You can say yes and say no. Your next move is interrupted by a What's up, world? It's your girl, Mocha Soul Fly. You are listening right now to the Midweek Mashup. This is going to be a hell of a show, so it's a good thing that you have tuned in. Make sure you share any of those flyers I have out there. And we're going to actually kick off the show a little different. We're going to hop right into a song. Um, on May 20th, my alter ego and my partner in crime um a group called Mystic Verse, where uh, I am Waxing Moon, he is Raven Looks Deeply, and uh, Mystic Verse is an Afro-futuristic uh, soul uh, trip-hop type group. So we're going to blast off one of the first songs on the project, Escape from Scar City, A Beginner's Guide to Terraforming Part 1, and the name of the song is called Lost in a Daze. Check it out. Tunnel journal, fear what's pivot in the path of your tunnel. Chasing the globe in the party and probe. Digital hermit deck in a dark road. Sick of sickness and cutthroat business. Getting back to the spiritual fitness. Treating the cabbage like excess baggage. On the long trail, something bucking and jagged. You can follow, heartbeat hollow. Living in fear like there's no tomorrow. Still, I speak at the infinite. The devil's limit, transcending it. I'm in the mortals, sleeping through portals. On where to learn, no time to be cordial. This is coming, bro. Here, don't be a program. Beware Babylon, queen of the day. Trapped in the maze. Shed. For the battlefield, open warrior bread. Got no time to 
with a blind, deaf and dumb system, they don't want to listen. I'm on a revolution-ish, giving young fools tools to learn how to fish. Lost in the day, trapped hey, in the maze. Up, earth, up, consequences. Hey, stuck on the earth, cursed hey, with the thirst. The big system hey, never quenches. Lost in the day, trapped hey, in the maze. Up, hey, earth, up, consequences. Hey, stuck on the earth, cursed hey, with the thirst. The big system hey, never quenches. Hey, long gone, caged and strong, delving deep in the mystic unknown. Will I stay Industrial hell, and the question don't dwell on this time would tell. We done in sin, ego made thin, in meditation, shed no skin. Putting in work to build a house of brick, a fortress thick with no straw or stick. Separate ties with fools and flies, you just made death to the blood clock cries. She go more along wolf to the core, knocking on the door in the heavens I saw. Queen Mother God's calling out to me to break these chains, set the warriors free. We do seeds to rise by the weeds, to never get choked by the fear and the greed. Lost in the day, trapped in the maze. Up, end up, consequences. Stuck on earth, cursed with thirst. world this is your girl mocha soul fly you are tuned in right now to the midweek mashup we are so happy to be back and live with you we're glad you joined us from wherever you have joined us from today whatever channel you're listening to but we are so happy to be back and we are going to actually kick the show off we have a very interesting guest i was very thrilled uh, to have gotten in contact with her. Big shout out to Russell, Russell in Motion. I'm sure he is listening and sharing. <laughs> we love him. Uh, crazy, um, amazing networker he is um, and photographer, by the way. But anyway, so Russ put me on to uh, Drea. She is with a company called Our Cannabis Culture. Thank you so much for joining me today, Miss Drea. Mocha, thank you so much for having me. And I tell you, that Russ is something else, isn't he? <laughs> you got to love him. Got to love him. You got to. You got to. Thank you so much, Mocha. I'm glad to be here. Yes, indeed. Now, our cannabis culture, I was really excited to speak with you because, of course, there's so much happening as far as shifts are concerned in policy regarding marijuana and the legalization of marijuana. We've seen several states uh, legalize it for both medical and recreational use. Of course, uh, you are one of the people who are leading the way to also see legalization or decriminalization <laughs> of marijuana here in Texas. So tell everybody, give us the backdrop, backdrop about our cannabis culture. You know what, Mocha, it's funny because you struggled with saying decriminalize, but everybody yeah. needs to know that cannabis is not just about, hey, you know what, we just want to get high. That was yeah. a song, by the way. But, um, <laughs> you know, de- it, it's it's more to that. And, and what's interesting, Mocha, is when I got into, uh, we call it the cannabis space not just the cannabis industry, but I mm-hmm. got into it because I needed an option for my mother outside of taking 26 pills every day. And, oh, and, right. and, and my mother just recently passed Mocha, but you know what? She was one of the biggest advocates I had in what I'm doing in the movement of legalizing mar- uh, medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, and she got to understand why I'm doing what I'm doing, not only for her, that, hey, you know what, 
you took my choice away. And at the end of the day, Mocha, we got to respect the plant. She's yes. beautiful. She has yes. so many medicinal factors to her. And, and I don't know about you. You know, we in the South, girl, but God don't make mistakes, okay? Yes. So what I was able to reach to reach her and say, hey, this is an option for you. She called it the green stuff. And then yes. I dug a little deeper that, you know what, it was by design for us to be in an issue with this whole war on drugs. And that's a whole yes. nother, that's a whole nother topic. So yes. I created our cannabis culture mocha because I need people to wake up to what's happening and that mm-hmm. law is changing and you have this one opportunity to mm-hmm. change what's going on in our community. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking to that, uh, it's like you said, there are so many different moving pieces and parts to the topic of marijuana, period. And one of them um, that I know you are also a huge ad- advocate of is women entrepreneurs, in particular black women entrepreneurs, but women in general, um, breaking into this culture of legal marijuana um, so that we can also capitalize from the opportunities that will come from it because there's already so many people capitalizing from it, a lot of white men like every other industry, and there's no reason we can't break into this industry. So talk a little bit about how you are kind of um, also advocating for women in particular to break into this industry while it's still really uh, very much a baby. Absolutely. You know what? Okay, so you've got medical marijuana, and, and it is still such a huge mystery of what this can do. Now, when you talk about women, I also started an organization called Women Grow Out of Denver. I'm the first chapter developer here in the state of Texas. But we make the decisions for our family. We are also the buying power for our family, okay? And so when you're talking about you know, medical marijuana is in this industry, we're not asked to the table, but we make the decisions for our family on the medical care that we get. This is such an amazing place. We are not even at the tip of the iceberg of what this industry is going to look like in the next couple of years, especially with all of the states making decisions to, to, to add policy. And I'm not yes. trying to be complicated here, okay? I'm, 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 I'm talking real talk about where do I fit in? Because you're yes. either at the table, okay, or you're a part of the menu. So sure. you need to decide where are you going to be. So the, thing, the beautiful thing about this space is that every single thing that we do, we on your show talking about marijuana, right? All right? Yes. So you can, you can pull what you're doing right now into this space. IT is going to be in this space. Culinary is going to be in this space. Of course, law is already in the space. Caregivers are in the space. Transportation Mm -hmm. is in the space. So what are you doing right now that say, you know what, don't look at it, hey, you know, I'm in the business of weed. Don't look, respect the plant, respect the industry, because this is the new green rush mocha. Yes, I, I very, very much agree with that. And let's let's talk real quick about one of the other sides of this as well, because, again, there are so many. But one of the sides, I actually read an article the other day that said while, uh, you know, white, you know, males, if you will, youth, um, 
their arrests, if you will, in regards to the states where marijuana is legal is going down while our kids, our brown kids who don't have the necessary documentation or whatever the case may be, um, they don't have access. <laughs> yes, they don't have access, and therefore when they are caught still with marijuana, even in the states where it's legal, they are going to jail. So that number is going way up while their white counterparts, because of the access now to this legal stuff, is going down. So there's still, like, so much, there's so many working nasty parts also that still have to be tackled along the way. We are still, our babies are still being subjected to what um, what drug policy reform shouldn't be. We have to speak up. It's not just about, hey, you know, don't take my child to jail, don't do this. It's about responsibility in the community. So, yes, you see, you see the white children, they are getting a pass. We are still living in communities where we are completely disenfranchised. And yes. so when we have these black children, the absence of what we're doing that they're not doing is telling them that, you know what, you don't disrespect the police, but you know what you can tell them? I don't give you permission to search me. And there's certain yes. words that you need to put in your children's mouth. But it's also yes. about with being understanding what the law is, uh-huh. follow the law, and then put yourself in a position to change the law. So even yes. though these states, even Denver, and it's one of, maybe one of the articles that you may be referring to, that they've seen a higher volume of African-American young people being arrested for possession because yes. they still are targeting the community. It's just, so, so that's a whole nother, again, there's so many conversations that we can have <laughs> on medical marijuana reform, and people say, well, I don't want recreational marijuana. Yeah, you do. Because nobody should go to jail for weed. Okay? So let's be real about that. Don't subject our children to a law because they are guilty of not knowing. I need everybody to wake up. Mm -hmm. Wake up. This is a new day. And if you really want to make some change about what's going on in our children, see, this, you know, I could talk about marijuana all day, Boca, okay? The thing is that this generation is not going to realize that we actually were going to jail for it, that your uncle was in jail for that because they were targeted by design. Correct. They're not even going to respect the fact of what they were fighting for in the first place. Right. We can talk about medical marijuana when it comes to our community, about mental health. I, can, I told you I can go all day about it. But yes. what medical marijuana, by legalizing this plant and giving people education through our cannabis culture and understanding how you fit as a community, as a black woman, if they didn't know that by now, Mocha, yes. <laughs> but as a, as, a, as a woman of color, what do I look like in owning this space and changing the life for me and my kids and yours too? That's right. Can we get in on this generational money, uh, which is how a lot of the generational um, uh, people who pass down these millions and, you know, like the Trumps who get million-dollar loans from their fathers when they're very first getting started, how can we get in on that like they did by illegal um, alcohol and things like that back in the day. You know, this, this is how a lot of these power players came to be. So this is, we're at a time, like you said, where this really is, you know, the new gold rush. It's green, but that's what that is, you know. So I, I guess it's like you say, all around, it really is about education, whether it be about 
the medical uses, whether it be about how to to get in on the business end and also the law to protect yourself from the predators. Absolutely, because we are still being hunted, by the way. You know, I was talking to a colleague, and you and, it's, and you bring this up about the family and the generational wealth. When they yes. legalized um, alcohol, we were still moonshining, remember? See, I'm, I'm going to give everybody it's a little lesson here, okay? Yes. We were moonshining, okay? And we were selling that stuff out of our homes, out of the, at the, out of the speakeasy. You know, some of these folks ain't going to understand what I'm talking about, but some of uh-huh. But we were selling that out of the back door. And then you know what? Five families, count your numbers, five families decided they wanted to make it legal. And you know what they did? They counted you out. Hello. They counted you out. And now you are the one that's being subjected by, uh, uh, you know, uh, the possession of the liquor and going to jail for, you know, uh, uh, under the influence and all of these laws. Five families, Mocha. Okay. Now, you got an opportunity in the medical marijuana, in, in the cannabis industry. So let's just call it what the plant is. We're going to yes. call it cannabis, okay? Mm-hmm. Figure out how do I get to play mm-hmm. and how can I play for my family? Because you got one shot at this, okay? Yes. And they coming. Big yes. Pharma <laughs> is coming, and you got a window of time to, number one, yes, am I a capitalist? Of course. Yes, do I want to make some money? Everybody does. But I want to change lives. Nobody yes. should be in jail. Nobody should be targeting my nephew because he might be depressed and he got a joint on him. Okay? Right. I know that's you, right. Why, why, why do that? But you're not going to mess with little Jimmy over there. Correct. Who got worse than that? Joint. Yeah. It's not worse. <laughs> it's not worse. And now that you know Malik got a joint on him, you're going to come back a week later and pat him down again. And you're going to come back a week later and you're going to pat him down again. And you know what happens? Because then we go into the whole Black Lives Matter. So don't get me started on that. Then Malik uh-huh. say, man, why you keep messing with me? And then Malik gets shot in the back because you think that he ran from the police. But he been messing with him for a month. Can I tell right. the truth? Right. I know that's right. I know okay? that's right. So you need to find out what you're doing. How do you truly make a difference in the law? How do you truly make account for your black lives that matter? And you better wake up and find out what's going on. I know that's right. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> Look, you ain't got to be pumped up all over again. It, 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 I live by this. People don't understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. Hmm. This, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is it. This is yeah. your window to change lives. And Absolutely. we need to all be paying attention. I know that's right. Now, you recently, um, you participated. You're doing a couple of different things outside of uh, traveling, speaking on the subject, uh, you know, getting in front of people to actually change these laws and getting out in front of it. So some of the creative things that you're doing, which I absolutely love because everything is media-driven, it's visual-driven, you know, we all have to find ways to get our message out there that is going to reach as many people as possible. So a couple of the things that you are doing, for instance, it looks like you participated in the uh, Cannabis Diversity Summit. So you're one of the things you're doing is traveling, but um, a lot of this appears to be, you know, recorded and, you know, a lot of footage is going to come out. So I'm excited. Um, Tell us a little bit about the Cannabis Diversity Summit and what we can expect coming out of that. 
Well, okay, so some of you may remember a young lady, this woman of color, from, uh, she was a journalist on news. And her name was Charlo Green, and she got up there, and I'm not going to say a bad word, but she said, blanket, I quit. I, I love my- her. Yes. You understand? That's my girl. Yes. That's my yes. girl. And you know what? She she told her truth. And mm-hmm. so she created the very first Cannabis Diversity Summit. And I was so honored that she chose me to be a part of her summit. And so a lot of people think I'm crazy, like Texas is never going to change their laws. Texas is never going to, you know, bring on medical marijuana. But um, through my relationship and work in the cannabis space, Mocha, she asked me to be a part of this very first um, series of summits. And mm-hmm. it was it was the Cannabis Diversity Summit. What does real diversity look like inside of the cannabis space? from mm-hmm. advocacy to the medical piece and doctors not being afraid to touch the plant to lawyers and how they're how you need to adjust in policing the police and how you have access to free mm-hmm. information and mm-hmm. it was an amazing time I you know I can't I was so honored to be there so um, that's what we did about a week or so ago that is so cool. I can't wait to see all the footage that comes from that. Now, also, as part of that, one of the major things that you're a part of is a film that is being produced called Mary Jane's The Women of Weed. Um, <laughs> and tell us a little bit about what we can expect from this, because, I'm, of course, I'm going through here trying to make sure I'm pronouncing everything right. So we got Gondrepreneurs Gondra and it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I love it. The producer, the ex- executive producer, name is Wendy, and she is just so amazing. She's so mm-hmm. creative, but we are the women of weed. I mean, it's about the industry. It's about um, industrializing and, and coming out, this whole, you know, this phoenix coming out. Yeah. And so what she's doing is she's documenting about 40 women, and mm-hmm. she chose me to be a part of her, of her production. <laughs> hey, Texas in the house. Yes. And she chose me to be a part of her production. So, again, I'm, I'm just thrilled, um, and it just, you know, it helps me understand that, yes, I'm on the right track um, mm-hmm. and, and, and what I'm, I want to do and make an impact on my community. But um, who would have thought, Mocha, that I would be in Rick James' Mary Jane <laughs> film as a as a woman of weed. Uh, if you asked me this two or three years ago, I'd have thought you were crazy. But I'm excited about what uh, what this film will show. It will show the diversity in the marijuana industry. It will it will it will show the compassion for medical care and giving someone their choice back, Mocha. They quit yes, taking my you. choice away for something that grows out of the ground. And now you want to take right. me to jail for it? Come on. Now. Right. Yeah. Well, I, and I, it's, it's like you said, I think about these things, too, because I have someone who's very close to me who prefers, you know, marijuana over having to take pills that could be addictive that are definitely going to kill you because they tell you that on the bottom that mm-hmm. uh, and in the, uh, you know, commercial, it won't kill you. So, you know, to to be able to have 
um, medical marijuana, whatever we want to call it, as opposed to being addicted and having to take medicines that we know for sure will eventually kill you or jack up something that will kill you eventually. Um, so I think it means a lot. And my, you know, I've had, you know, my grandmother uh, passed a couple of years ago due to, um, you know, cancer that, you know, kind of started off as one thing and spread into another. And, you know, I would tell her, I would laugh with her and my mom and say, you know, I'm going to bring you some good cookies. You know, I'm going to bring you some of them good cupcakes. And, you know, they would laugh and say, you better not, you know, bring me no weed or you better not, you know, and, and it's unfortunate because, of course, I didn't press the issue, but all it was is an educational thing. You are taking voluntarily medicines and pills that they are telling you for sure will kill you, but you are afraid because of propaganda and what's been given to you to take a, a something that comes out of the ground that may help, you know, and it's just, it's, it's a lot to break through. It's a lot, you know, we can, even for that, you know, people talk about PTSD and that's post-traumatic stress disorder. And yeah. that is um, when we're talking about our veterans. And you're telling me, mm-hmm that they have fought for my country, they have seen things that I wouldn't even imagine seeing, and you're yeah. telling me that you want to fill me and pump me with these drugs that right. are going to kill my liver, that, that give me insomnia, that give me yes. other mental health issues, but I can't use this flower that yeah. comes that that gives me peace, that regulates me. See, that's the healthcare piece of the PTSD and the therapeutic part that comes from medical marijuana that they mm-hmm. cannot get from a pill. They Correct. cannot get it from a pill. But yes. you want to tell me that if I choose to have a better quality of life, you're going to take my benefits away? Who does right. that? Who, who, does, who does that? I, it's just my, my freedom. Yes. Why? Why? I fought for you. I fought for this country, and you're telling me that I can't have peace of mind. Everybody should be upset when you see a veteran. You need to thank them. You have no idea what they have gone through. Don't That's take right. their choice away. That's right. You know, it's back. bigger. It's bigger than Malik on the corner with a, with a, with a nickel bag. It's bigger you- than that. But you know what, Drea, the craziest thing about it, when you think about it, both of those things are even very interrelated because there are so many of us, you know, not not me in particular, my my I was, you know, really blessed in the lifestyle I grew up in. However, there are so many people living in poverty and living where it is drug infested drugs that we didn't bring in here, so that caused all other issues, so drugs, you know, wars within communities because of drugs and money and these other types of things. So there are so many people within our communities that suffer daily from PTSD just from the place where they were born. So, you know, they should have options. We all should have options. We should have an option. You know, and people say, you know, I can lose my job for having consumption. Okay, so we know, Mocha, that that, that marijuana is going to stay in your system for about 30 days. Okay, let's say that's the case. But it's okay for me to show up drunk and you tell me to go home and sleep it off. I'm in the case, right? But if I take a drug test and I might have had a brownie two or three weeks ago at my cousin's house and I didn't know, but you test that and you want to, I compromise my job, but am I impaired? See, we we 
can go. We I can go there with you, Mocha. Okay. <laughs> it's about why are you why are you compromising my right. my, and my, people, my 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 lifestyle and the way right. you and the people, my family and the people that end up finding you, they be on that good stuff. <laughs> But they they just got sent home yesterday because they it was okay for him to show up drunk. That's okay. Right. He can keep his job. But I had a brownie two weeks ago on my day off and right. it's in my system. But oh oh oh, I'm a drug user. That right. is ridiculous. So now we not only need to address the fact in a human resources. You see that? We just found a whole nother area of expertise in entering marijuana. You see that? Yes. Human resources. People management. Yes. That's a whole that's a whole nother industry. So people want to say, How do I get into it? Number one, wake up, respect the plant. This is a this is a real industry. There is a place for everyone. There is a place for everyone. But you know where it starts, Mocha? Us having mm-hmm. conversations like this. Yes. And you not shutting down. Yes. And not That's don't true. shut down. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm all about learning as much as I can about this industry because I know it's, it's I mean, clearly it's booming. Things are going to change. All they are doing on the back end is figuring out how they can make the most money from it. So this is the perfect time for entrepreneurs to get into the industry while they're still trying to figure out how they're going to keep you from getting in. Later. Oh my! Oh my! It's such it's such a beautiful pace, and and look, and once you once you get on it, you get hooked. I will tell you that. <laughs> it's, it's a little got a little addictive, you know, personality to the plant. But once you, I'm not even a consumer, which is the crazy part. But I respect awesome. the plant enough. I'm not, you know, I respect the plant, and I understand because, okay, we're in Texas. We have certain laws. There are certain things that people need to understand that just because you're talking about marijuana doesn't mean that you're going to get high from it. We have a CBD law, which is a, yeah. again, I'm not trying to get technical, but it's a non-psychoactive law. And you yeah. still have the same medicinal traits that you would have. Um, if not better, from having a, a full entourage effect. Again, I'm, I don't want to get technical on it, That's but okay. I understand that the that the plant is complex, very mm-hmm. complex. You see, mm-hmm. I call her she because you know we we got we we a little sensitive, but she's very <laughs> complex, Mocha. And when you understand that, you don't have to be high to be yes. able to get the benefits from medicinal marijuana. And mm-hmm. then that's the whole, what, really? Oh, I don't have to smoke it? No, you don't have to smoke it, you know? Right. And Forget that, that takes those barriers down. That takes yeah. the barriers down. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There's so many, so, so much to learn. So I'm really grateful for people like yourself, especially considering that you're not, you don't even partake in it. That's even more awesome to me. I can I could understand someone who partakes being an advocate, but I think it's really special um, that you are so passionate about it, having, you know, not even, uh, you know, being a person who regularly partakes, you who know, in it. So I think that it's really awesome. Now, now the CBD, the benefit of having a CBD, I take a CBD, okay? Mm-hmm. I, take, I take a hemp product. Mm-hmm. But because I've allowed myself to understand the different strains, there's over 1,500 strains. Wow. And there's only a handful of them that actually have the psychoactive effect. Okay, well, people mm-hmm. need to know that. That just because somebody's yes. smoking that corn on the street doesn't mean that everybody's getting high. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm 
sorry. Did I say that? I did. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, I'm your little marijuana maven here. But, um, you know, so I do take some that's a non-psychoactive that's legal here in the state of Texas of a, a CBD because mm-hmm. what it does is it helps regulate that inflammation in our bodies. People don't mm-hmm. realize that a lot of these women that got problems because they got a thyroid problem. Yes. And cannabis is instrumental in regulating your thyroid. Thyroid causes post-traumatic stress, meaning you have, uh, you have high anxiety, your, your, your weight is fluctuating, your blood pressure is off because you're imbalanced. Yeah. Right. But you want to pump me with drugs, right. all I need to do you. is get my body in balance. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? Um, and I'm glad you brought that up because now it seems to me just because, and I see a lot more education uh, tools or uh, information just floating around out there here and there regarding uh, the legalization of the CBD oil, which what happened a couple of years ago. I see very little, though, because I feel like, of course, just like as, legal, you know, uh, marijuana or cannabis becomes legal, you know, they are trying to slide it under to where the few fewest amount of people, especially people that look like us, get in while they can. Because hasn't it been legal as far as just the oil for a couple of years? Well, okay, so when we're talking about what's legal, if we're talking about the state of Texas, we just recently passed our regulations for medical marijuana, and it's only for one condition, meaning if you have intractable epilepsy, you can have access to a CBD oil. Okay. okay? Only in the oil form. That I'm giving okay. you a very short version of what the law is. So that means that if you have chronic pain, if you have cancer, if you have PTSD, if you have a child with autism, if you have a child with, um, uh, uh, um, I know autism and I just lost my train of thought here, um, then you can't have access to it. Okay? okay. And so... Mm-hmm. You still have to have intractable epilepsy. But what is promising is that the state of Texas is excited about the possibility of future conditions being added. So even mm-hmm. though we have a law, mm-hmm. it is for CBD oil only, mm-hmm. and you have to have intractable epilepsy. So when you see these other states and they have some type of law, it mm-hmm. may be in oil um, form only. It's called uh-huh. the CBD, which is the non-psychoactive version of cannabis. Uh-huh. Very high CBD is really what people want, but, again, you have an entourage effect that you want that only THC, the, the ratios, will help balance that out. Um, and that's where you have researchers come in, okay? You have the medical professionals come in and validate the plant and what it does. I told you I can talk about marijuana all night. So, <laughs> you know, you have these different um, ratios of, um, of a CBD to a THC. So if you hear somebody talking about a THC, that is a psychoactive piece in the marijuana, okay? Yeah, so, right. okay, so we got that part. So we got that little, you know, that little CBD education there. So CBD is non-psychoactive. You can take it in an oil form, and you have to still be a registered patient in the state of Texas and in most states to even have it in your possession. Okay. 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 
Yeah, you, got me, that's, you that's, got me all technical there for a minute, Mocha. <laughs> oh, you know, we need to understand because I have here and there, you know, definitely won't name any names, but I've seen different businesses because I was wondering maybe it was some other type of product, but it seems like I saw a business that popped up where you could – you know, purchase the oil, but it was kind of out in the open. It wasn't a situation where you had to have a prescription from a doctor or anything like that. So that is why I was wondering in regards to just the CBD oil, you know, what is happening as far as industry-wise in Texas with that. So that's why I asked the question. It's very... Okay, well, let, me, let me clear it up. Let me, let, me, let me take it a little step further for you. So okay. you have different... Remember, I just talked about the ratios. What is mm-hmm. legal in the United States is what we call hemp, okay? Mm-hmm. Everyone should know what hemp is. And mm-hmm. in hemp is the CBD as well. And so okay. what is legal in the United States that you can transfer from across state lines is mm-hmm. anything that has a THC level of 0.3 or less, meaning it is so minute that uh-huh. it's, it's really really, really uh, not even a factor. So it's basically um, um, a higher quality hemp product, but it is a full CBD product, and it's legal to have those ratios. So that's what you see. You see something that is more of an industrial hemp, that has a yes. that has a, a, C, a high CBD content with a mm-hmm. 0.3 or less THC, meaning very no psychoactivity. So okay. what the state of Texas has done is just increase the THC by two points okay. to allow it to give just a, just 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 a smidgen of additional uh, THC, um, mm-hmm. but it's still not enough to treat somebody that has cancer because you still sure. have to have the ratios higher. So I hope that it, I hope I was able to clear that up it, a little bit. So what you're saying is, is more of an industrial hemp. It's, all right, it's perfect because I'll be wanting to know the you know the details so I know what I'm dealing with. So and I know there are people out there. Believe me, that are all up. They're they're going to be you know, playing the replay of this over and over so they can make sure they clear, which is what we want because we, we wanna we wanna educate the people. Good. Good, good, good. <laughs> well this this is what I'm gonna do. I want you to stay on the line with us and first of all tell everybody out there because I'm gonna have to get you on the uh grassroots salute show too so we can dive even more into this. So we're gonna we're gonna talk to you some more over time for sure. Um, so we can get as many of us as we can into this industry. But tell everybody how they can find you online, uh, your website, how they can learn more about where you're going to be next. Okay. They can find me at OurCannabisCulture.com. They can find me on any Twitter, on any social media handle that Drea Salas, and that's D-R-A-Y-A-H-S-A-L-L-I-S. Uh, or you can find me on Facebook, of course, um, under Our Cannabis Culture, and you'll find me there. And you know what? You can find me at Women of Weed, too. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, again, thank you so very much for uh, joining us this afternoon. And um, just hold the line for just a moment for me okay. before you hang up. And uh, everybody, this has been Drea with Our Cannabis Culture. I hope that you um, are walking away or, or, uh, you know, doing whatever you're going to do next, but leaving informed um, about this uh, this industry a lot more than you were before we came on. So uh, we're going to have some more really awesome guests coming up. We're going to take us a quick break. And you are still tuned in right now. Don't go anywhere. Um, you're still tuned in to the midweek mashup with your girl Mocha Soulfly. 
This is Raven Looks Deeply of Mystic Birth, and you are listening to the Midweek Mashup. What's up, world? This is your girl, Mocha Soulfly. You are still tuned in right now to the Midweek Mashup, and as promised, uh, we have one of my favorite guests. She is pretty much on every single show that we do, and I've been really grateful and honored to have her on because she gives such amazing information. If you've tuned in before, you know this to be true. So we have the wonderful Satori Ananda with uh, War Media. She is the chief of staff um, of War Media. Look it up, y'all. And also the co-founder of Social Works, that's W-E-R-K, uh, which is social a social media uh, consulting uh, and other things company. So thank you for coming on, sis. Hey, Peach. Hello, everyone, and thank you for having me again. You know, I love I love joining this team and uh, being on with you. Yes, absolutely. So you are actually tackling today um, something that I would love to learn more about. I'm I'm excited to learn your insight because generally, outside of just stating you know the obvious that people can see and know for themselves, you tell us the whys and you know, what we need to do to, you know, uh, make it a tool for whatever it is that we do in business. So live streaming. Yes. So um, live streaming has been around for a while, but it, it's really taken off um, kind of in 2015 as a more social aspect of mm-hmm. sharing. Um, in the past, live streaming was kind of more just broadcast, where there wasn't a lot of interaction or engagement, but mm-hmm. you know, apps have changed that today, and now we're seeing it becoming more of a part of social strategy, social media, and you know, be, being a platform on its on its own for engagement across communities. So it's really important now to ask ourselves for our businesses: Should I be live streaming? And if mm-hmm. so what live streaming service is best for what I'm trying to do. So I figured we would go over some of that today. Um, One of the things I wanted to talk about is, you know, when it comes to social media, there's human behaviors that drive everything that we do. And and that's in everything in our lives, right? And we can find those behaviors in social media as well. And once we understand the psychology of our communities that we're engaging with, or just people in general, it'll help us tailor our own social media strategy around human behavior. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the reasons that we're drawn to live streaming in a social manner is curiosity. What is it that the person has to say? What is that business talking about? What are they trying to convey to me? So curiosity is one reason that people will tune in. Another is the desire for recognition. And in light of um, live streaming becoming a social entity, you can actually recognize your customers, your clients, your audience, your fans. You know, there's a few ways, and we'll talk about um, how you react to what people are saying and how you can be social. But recognition is another big reason that some people will tune in. Mm -hmm. Um, sense of belonging you know we all 
belong to something or another, if it's not our church groups, it's our, maybe our book clubs or mm-hmm. all the way from youth when we're in, you know, Girl Scouts or whatever, a sense of belonging is a very human driven behavior. And again, in, in when you're using live streaming, you're responding to that human need. And another is exclusivity. You can use the desire for things to be exclusive as another way to promote to your audience, fan base, client, customers, um, a way to engage with you one-on-one. So those are the human behaviors that will drive people to actually checking out your live stream in case you are curious. Um, So how important is live streaming? I think, again, you know, we've evolved into another area of um, social interaction that businesses cannot ignore. You know, this is this is huge. Everyone is doing it. And you might want to be that person who's not doing everything that everyone is doing, but that will leave you behind when it comes to social platforms and when it comes to your business. As an individual, you know, do what you want. But, of course, we're talking in terms of businesses, products, artists, so on and so forth. Um, right. So what what is live streaming? Maybe there are people listening who really don't even know what live streaming is. So I kind of want to go over the basic idea of what live streaming is. And live stri- streaming is video streaming in a social platform that allows you to transmit a live recording or broadcast of yourself or your event to social media followers. So it's a little different than in the past where you would just watch a broadcast. This, the new forms of live streaming is social, Right. Mm-hmm. Think of FaceTime, but instead of with just one person, you're linked to an entire community. People are able to interact with you by commenting or asking questions. So that is what live streaming is, in case you weren't aware. And we're going to talk about some of the different platforms. Yeah. And one of the most popular options is Periscope. So Periscope is owned by Twitter, and I was... Uh, you know, um, Periscope was an individual company, and then eventually Twitter saw um, the direction the social was going and decided to acquire them, and it was a really good move for Twitter because Twitter was such a text-based environment, and as we've discussed on the show many times, visual media and content is all the future direction of things, so they were Mm -hmm. very keen on that and they knew that they needed to acquire an app that you know includes some sort of visual commentary and content and they they acquired Periscope. Now Periscope is popular because your audience can view your streams up to 24 hours after your live broadcast so you can tune in live or if you missed it live you'll have 24 hours to access the original link Mm-hmm. and uh, watch it, and, and you can still get the benefit of, of what everyone saw live. Of course, you wouldn't be able to um, engage because it's over, but, you know, you can still see the um, the, the activity. Um, it is Twitter integrated, so what that means is you automatically have access to all of your followers, and um, when you start a Periscope, you can tweet it out and it'll automatically show up on 
the feed for Twitter. And so it's not one of those things where you have to run out and try to gather new followers because they're integrated in with your Twitter. But you can also have a separate following on Periscope. Um, Periscope allows the people who are watching to comment and you, the broadcaster, can see it but you cannot chat back to them. That can be a pro or con, depending on your needs. Um, But what a lot of people do on Periscope is they respond audibly to the um, engagement from the users. So let's say I was broadcasting and you were watching Mocha, then you might chat something that comes across my screen asking, how you how you do something and I would mm-hmm. respond in the broadcast so everyone would have the benefit of that information. Also yeah. people are able to um show their likes or their favor of the broadcast by tapping on the screen and all these little hearts come out and um the more hearts you get during a broadcast it ranks your broadcast on the main site and we'll push it up so that people that aren't even following you will have a chance to know that you're streaming live. It's kind mm-hmm. of like a ranking system. It's it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I like Periscope a lot. Um, it's easy to promote, again, like I said, after Twitter. And you can also save the videos to your camera roll. So let's say I was watching your Periscope. I could actually download your Periscope onto my phone and save it. So that's kind of a cool feature. Then you have Meerkat. Now, Meerkat was for the early adopters of live streaming, and I Mm -hmm. used to use it um, for events and different things early on in, like, around the end of 2014 and 2015, and so many other options popped up. It kind of lost its popularity, but it has a lot of really cool features. The only real downfall with Meerkat is it's not available on Android. It's only available on iOS. And the best feature of Meerkat, I'm sorry? I said it was totally set. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, because Meerkat is a really good one. Um, The best feature for Meerkat is your viewers can text chat with you during the broadcast. So in this this one, you can respond and um, also receive text chat during your broadcast, unlike Periscope where you can only receive and not respond in text, right? One of the um, best interfaces to me for educational and informational type broadcasts, although I wouldn't recommend Meerkat for performance type broadcasting or event mm-hmm. broadcasting necessarily. I kind of feel like it's more the educational, informative, interview type um, platform. That's for me. Um, Catch Cats, spelled with K's is an app that works with Meerkat and it lets the broadcasters record and post their live streams to YouTube automatically. And that would allow people to watch it, of course, indefinitely. Um, another, on, I'm sorry. Sorry, on Catch. Now, I used to be able to use Catch also with Periscope and it seems like I saw a scope come across where it said something about the depth of Catch. So was that just in specific, do you know, to Periscope? Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. I don't use Catch Cat. A lot of people do, but there, uh-huh. it's more it's more compatible with Meerkat, I believe, than um, Periscope. Periscope. 
Yeah, I actually, Dedrick, um had some problems catching on Periscope as well. Mm-hmm. So it may have um, been originally just created for Meerkat, and people maybe were using it as a hack for Periscope, and there uh-huh. could be some integration issues. Um, I can look into that and get back with you guys next week on that, though. And oh. another cool live options, live streaming option is um, a service called Hang, H-A-N-G. And so to me, for businesses that have a website, I recommend Hang because Hang allows you to host your live stream on your website. Oh, nice. So that drives the traffic back to your website. And so, of course, if you know that you're going to have an event, so like this is best for planned events, planned live streaming, because you'd be able to promote it and you'd be sending traffic to your website. So this is not for the spontaneous. Um, but of course, most of us are trying to drive our audience and our, con- our people to our actual own web pages. So I would definitely recommend people who are trying to get traffic in their direction to live stream from Hang. I really think it's um, a pretty good business decision. Now, live is the Facebook version of live streaming. And there's so many positives to using live on Facebook. Number one, you have automatic access to your followers. You can tag people in it. You know, there's quite a few ways to let people know that you're streaming. Um, Also, because it's an important product for Facebook, they Uh push it, and your streams are kind of given priority on the news feed in the algorithm. But a lot of people don't like the pushiness of the way live streams come across Uh and that you're kind of just not even aware how are you finding out of – like, it. It kind of got weird, like all of a sudden all of us were getting all these live stream notifications and it kind of tied up our notifications for a minute. So followers weren't really a big fan of it. But Facebook has kind of corrected that because I don't see that happening as much anymore. Uh And um, I really liked the live, you know, Facebook stream option because, again, you can create an event for it. So you can plan Uh an event. You can advertise it. Or you can do it spontaneously. So it kind of has the best of both worlds. But you have a large population of people who find that using Facebook platforms isn't as, I don't want to use the word professional because that's not true. It's Mm -hmm. just not as glossy for some reason. I don't know. Do you kind of feel that way? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, it it doesn't come across as glossy. It comes across sometimes as um, low budget, maybe. And, uh-huh. and of course, all of these are free, so it's a weird way to say that. But just <laughs> think about think about your audience and think about what's attractive to them. Do they want to do things on different platforms than Facebook? As as we've talked a million times, Facebook really doesn't want you to leave. So they're going to offer everything that's new, everything that's exciting, everything that's fresh. You will eventually have the option on Facebook, no matter what it is. Even if you notice these days, your Facebook messenger is very Snapchat-ish. Right. And um, 
you know, because, it, you know, it's Facebook. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't have a problem with Facebook streaming, but I myself prefer other streaming options just to take it outside of Facebook sometimes. Facebook. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just seems like sometimes the, uh, I guess it's like you said, it kind of depends on where you built your audience. Because I have a much larger audience on Facebook than I do on the other platforms so far, you know. Then for you, it would make all the sense in the world, you know, to continue. And and that's the whole part of being self-aware for your Mm -hmm. business of of where your demo is and, and knowing your analytics but also maybe consider using the other streams sometimes to build your audience up on your other social platforms. Mm-hmm. Indeed. You know? um, so let's talk about some of the things. You know, we talked about some of the human behaviors that will encourage people to come. And, and one of the reasons and the benefits for your business to perform live stream um, events um, or live stream moments, you know, whatever, is that sharing live events makes people feel more connected to you as a brand. And when people have a connection to a brand, that's where they spend money and where they spend time. Um, You can host interviews with people in your company, kind of like short get-to-know-you type joints. Like, let's say I worked for you, Mocha, and Mm -hmm. you want people to know the people that, that make this show possible and so you do like little in like little short impromptu um you know q a's with your employees or people that are part of the team and stuff that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff is lots of fun um have discussions on related current events in your field so and of course you can do this on any of the platforms at any time say you know i'm just going to jump on and we're going to talk about this or you can plan it and say at three o'clock we're discussing, you know, the Bill Cosby scenario and, you know, just use current events around um, your business. And that a lot of times will work, especially if you're using hashtags. And that'll mm-hmm. um, encourage you to get new followers and people to be made aware. Now, in live streaming, you promote your brand subtly and not overtly, right? This is mm-hmm. about the personality of your brand and not mm-hmm. about the logo if that makes sense. This is what makes your brand up and not mm-hmm. necessarily, you know, the just real overt branding. Right. Um, be consistent in your content about who you are and what your brand is. Show, you can, you know, um, one of the things that some of the producers like the Dreek does and a lot of other producers is they'll give a behind the scenes of them actually making a beat, the creative process. I've seen mm-hmm. artists um, you know, show themselves painting or drawing, you know, so this live streaming allows for that kind of share. Um, cool. Conduct training. If you're an expert, you can do that. That's what I do on um, live streaming. You know, and like I said, host Q&As. There's a lot of really great ways and fun ways that your business can interact through live streaming. You know, That's kind one of what of I wanted things- to go over. One of the things I wanted to ask you about, uh, Satori, because I, I asked you another question offline earlier, but really as I've, you know, listened to you speak today, it kind of brings me back to what what do you recommend for someone like myself who has all these different personalities? Because I had, you know, I was kind of hopping on the, the Periscope wagon 
um, for a minute there. I love the platform, love what it can bring. I can see what it can do, but I have all these different personalities. So I had all these different Periscope accounts, and it's like, dang, when do I hop on to say something about this? When do I? So is it a for someone like me? Is it a scheduling issue? You think or? You know, as far as I need to schedule, what to talk about, when, on which platform, or do I just yeah. hone in on one? I mean, I'm, I'm so would, all over the place. Sure. <laughs> so some of your personalities and products can be um, spontaneous, right? Um, mm-hmm. I would say use spontaneity for immediate current events, things that, you know, um, if like as Mocha, right? Mocha mm-hmm. does why, you know, your personality and everything. You could definitely do spontaneous current events about anything, you know, entertainment, community, whatever. And I think it would be really great. And anybody who's listening that is an on-air personality, podcaster, blogger, anybody who's um, personality-driven content, spontaneous um, discussions and event topics, would be excellent to drawing people to your show because they get a taste of what they would be hearing from mm-hmm. you if they were to tune in regularly. Okay. That's, exactly. you know, so anybody that, that is personality um, content driven, you guys can talk about almost anything and that would drive um, engagement to your larger platform. Mm-hmm. Now, um, if you're, if you have a specific topic or an event, those should be um, planned, promoted, and curated. Mm-hmm. And so that would, you know, determine kind of in that in that environment. So if you if you have an event, people should know that live streaming is going to happen. You can tell people a couple of days in advance, you know, and let them know where they could tune in. Um, gotcha. If you have an event that, okay, for instance, let's say one of my artists was performing and we're going to live stream it, we actually don't tell people that we're going to live stream the event in its entirety because if you have a choice to watch for free at home versus to come in, obviously, um, you know, we could take, we would take away from sales there, mm-hmm. but we definitely let people know we'll be um, live streaming a portion of the show or there'll be back behind the scenes footage and then, you know, stuff like that. Right. <clears throat> Makes sense to me. Yeah. Hashtag yeah, titles. That, those are the most important things in promoting the live streams. Yeah, that helps. So it's just really kind of, if you're doing a lot of stuff, you know, making sure that you are spontaneous through that mm-hmm. type of personality. And if it's business or, events, you know, plan it. So I think plan that, that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate that advice. And, you know, um, following some of the celebrities on, you know, uh, Snapchat, for instance, or Periscope, you know, kind of gives you an idea of the kind of things people watch. But at the same time, we have to distinguish you know, the interest of our fan base or our clients and customers versus theirs, right? So when you're a celebrity, people really love seeing you do everyday things because they can relate to you. If you are not yet a celebrity, I would say tone down the everyday life events Uh because then you're too much like your audience. And do you understand what I'm saying? 
So there's I a do. real balance there. And I think people need to tend, they tend to not curate um, their Snapchats enough. Um, uh-huh. Show a little bit too much personal in some of this. But again, if you're, if, you know, it just depends on what you're promoting. What is the, what is the intention? Just, you know, my, my highest recommendation to people is if your Snapchat is your brand, you know, just think about what it is that you're trying to say with your brand. And I don't think it's always that I'm picking up my kids from school. But if part of your branding is everyday people, this is what I'm doing behind the scenes, then that's fine. But just be careful sometimes in in being, you know, too average or whatever. Everyone does everything. You know, we're all we're all people. Everyone picks up their kids from school. Everybody cooks dinner. Everybody does all these things. You know. Right. But um, when you have an opportunity to curate, think about that sometimes. You know. Absolutely. Well, as always, sis, I greatly appreciate the gems that you drop. You know, I'm always taking notes every time you come on. Um, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully the audience has been uh, too. And um, sis, tell everybody where they can learn more about what's happening with uh, uh, war media and everything else you got going on. Tell them how they can find you. Sure. Um, easiest to find across social media platforms as Satori06, S-A-T-O-R-I-0-6. That's on um, every platform except for Facebook. On Facebook, you can find um, social work on the facebook.com, the social work, and that's social work with an E. And that's where we give our social media strategies and everything. And also we... Um, do take consultation. So if you're looking for a specific strategy and ideas for your business or your product, we'll be happy to meet with you and help you design that. If you're looking for our war media information, you can follow me and I'll link you up with all of our stuff that our artists are working on and kind of what everybody in the crew is doing. So, oh, yep, just Satori06 across everything. Perfect. Hold the line for me, sis. I thank you once again. No and everybody, y'all stay tuned with us. We're going to go into break with a jam. I'm not sure which one, but I'm sure it'll be all kinds of greatness. And we're going to come back with Crystal Perry. Miss Chris Perry will be on the line talking some hot topics and who knows what else. So y'all stay locked. This is Waxing Moon with Mystic Verse. And you are tuned in to the Midweek Matchup. What's up, y'all? This is your girl, Mocha Soul Fly. You are listening to the Midweek Matchup, and we've had a heck of a show already. Um, And we have a returning guest. We always have a really great time anytime she's on. Uh, She is a a branding guru, a, a consultant. She does all types of really awesome things. Uh, but we have Miss Chris Perry. Crystal is on the line. How are you doing this morning, sis? Hey there, Mocha. How are you? Doing good. I can't complain, girl. <laughs> good, 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 good. Yes, I am. I'm ready to uh, hop into a few hot topics with you. Now, I believe since the last time we spoke, I want to say lemonade drops. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, 
So that's one one topic, and you know it's kind of died down a little bit, but mm-hmm. I still see I feel like um you know lots of great things that came from it, even more you know black girl magic you know pouring from the seams of the whole lemonade uh topic so so what are you what are you feeling about not only the uh the project but you know also any um positive uh, um, items that maybe came from it. You know, I, you know, actually, I think since the last time we talked, we've also gotten information. Mm-hmm. I don't think formation <laughs> dropped either. Um, I'm not sure. I can't I recall. Think it did. <laughs> I think we had planned to, um, for me to be back on and then we didn't. So I think they both have. So, here yeah. is um so here here is a funny um uh, I do have to shout out my 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 business partner co-founder Gino Young um <laughs> because the other day he said you know women are just running around here eliminating and, and we gonna come up with a listen listen I didn't hear anything else because he made it a verb and I was just done hilarious. Um, and and I so love him because um, he actually identifies as a feminist. He updated his status and said, I have a daughter, therefore I am a feminist uh, last year maybe. And I just thought it was so dope um, as a result um, of – actually, I think that was, you know, during the Cosby scandal when it was, you know, a really big thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I took that for exactly, you know, the joke that he made it, but – um, I will say this, um, and this is why I brought his name up. What he mentioned is actually something that I, I thought too. I think that we have gotten so concerned about who Becky is, did yes. they cheat, did he not, what are they doing in their relationship? And Gino made the most cogent point verbally that I have been thinking to myself for quite some time, which is this. Lemonade is still a visual album. Yes. And there are no discussions about the music. Mm. There, there has been no critical analysis of the music itself. No mm-hmm. talk about the actual, you know, how do you feel about not not what she's saying, but you know the songs. And I mean, she brought out some legit heavyweights for this, and that's yes. really what I would like to see. Um, and 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 he mentioned that as well. So I think really that's my huge takeaway from it is I would like for us to talk about, um, you know, the music itself. Now, about what it does, um, I think Lemonade is every black woman. I don't mean that you identify with her position. What I'm saying is through the course of the project, she is going through all of the emotions, and that's, that's what it is to be us. Yeah, you know we don't we don't have as I always say we don't have that white girl luxury of all or none. You know the black existence, especially the black woman's existence, is nuanced. You know it's always parts of the whole for us because I can I can like this and have problems with with that part of it, um, yeah. and that's the part that I really that I miss socially because I feel mm-hmm. like on social media. It's always an all-or-nothing thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I get so annoyed when I see Beyonce or Rihanna, especially from black women, 
What simple life are you living where that's your existence? Because let me tell you something. Let me call you a bald face life to your face. You don't. Okay. Yeah. I can all the way be a fan of Rihanna's music and have a problem with her going back to Chris Brown. I can then be excited when she decides, eh, I'm out. Yeah. You know, it, it, it can be both. Um, yeah. I can be a fan of the overall thing and just have issues with specific parts of the whole. And, and I truly believe that that is our existence and that people start posturing publicly as mm-hmm. though it isn't. Miss me with that. Yeah. You know, miss me with that. We don't have the luxury of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. No, we don't. And I bet <laughs> if I point to you, and that's the thing, like, I, I just kind of get really tickled about it, but it's like, if I dig through your real personal life, yeah, I can yeah. tell you exactly where you're doing exactly what I say. You're not, yes. you're not all or none in your own life. You're not. Stop it. Right. You right, I, mean? I guess you, you you have a supervisor, you have a manager at your job that you can't stand. You didn't quit it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so, um, and I actually had a similar conversation via text message with a friend who, um, and I won't go into detail, but had an issue uh, with a part of the whole, and it mm-hmm. was just like. No, you chose to boycott, like, you, you have a half-in position here. You know, uh-huh. there, there was a complete way that you could boycott, but you didn't. And, and, again, one thing, like, my partner and I said was, people boycotting the Oscars, mm-hmm. why? What box <laughs> do you have? You don't. So sit down somewhere. Chris Rock <laughs> was going to take that job, okay? He was, the Oscars were going to happen with Chris Rock. And this is the way I feel about it. You let me get ready to walk into the lion's den in a situation like that, and y'all come talking about y'all not going to support me, there will right. be not even hell can contain my theory. And I say that as somebody who, um, you know, I graduated from a predominantly white university, and I mm-hmm. see the jabs all the time um, mm-hmm. from people who did it. And one thing I say is, but what I need for you to understand, I'm going to use a, a, a racially charged word here, is I didn't have the luxury of four years at a black school where it was all great and being black was great. No, I was a nigga at 17 when I got mm-hmm. to Texas A&M University. But somebody has to fight that fight. So you're yes. telling me that you trust your oppressors that much to not be at the table? Because I don't. If I'm not already if you have already oppressed me, I don't trust you to be having the conversations about me. So, do, first of all, and I'm a huge fan, and I share HBCU success stories all the time because, again, I think it's about nuance. Both of those options need to be there. I know a lot of black people that, that went to white schools because that's where they got money to go. So if yes. the option is you wanting a college education, and a white university is what offers you the opportunity, then I'm excited that that's what you were able to do to fulfill your dreams. Now, I hope that you will be be like me and still be excited when you see HBCU success stories. There's never a story related to Howard University that I'm not excited to share. Yeah. Always. Always. But, again, I think that what we have to understand is, we don't really have the luxury of all in or all out. Right. And 
lemonade gave me exactly that. I saw so many people just over it, especially women. And I'm like, um, when in your life has this not been you? Correct. When? Tell, tell me when. All of these things have been you. At, at some, some point. point. Yes. At some point, they if all... you are, especially if, if you are like she is, which is a grown ass woman. It's so. You know what? <laughs> See. Muscle, we always get to this point where I just start yelling and swelling my arms around, even though I'm at home with just my dog. If you are a grown-ass woman, that has been you to some degree. Miss you yes. with that. And, and, and here's the thing. When I say that has been you, I am not saying that you've gone through all the things. If you know me, you know that one of my just passion projects is domestic violence. I mm-hmm. am not a survivor of domestic violence. I've never been a victim. But because so many of my friends have, and I've seen it so close, it still affects me. So when I yes. say this affects all of us, that's exactly what I mean. We've been with, if it's not you, it's somebody that you know and that you ride for who has been eliminated. So I just am so amused and annoyed at the same time. Um, yeah. With you know the the, the that is overrated. No 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 no. She's telling a story here, and it needs to be told. And I know when 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 formation uh when formation dropped, and um I guess formation wasn't it. But when when the Super Bowl project dropped, and there was a video. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, another friend uh posted that she was just over it. Um, and she referenced a family member who had done really well in the world of academia. Um, and mm-hmm. that's about as detailed as I'm going to get. And mm-hmm. what I said is, I, I, the thing is, we don't have to knock what Beyonce represents to celebrate academia. Correct. And her response to me was, well, if you don't understand that my family member's contribution was this, then I don't know what to tell you. Oh, well, I don't need you to tell me anything. I'm glad you don't know what to tell me. You, in fact, let me tell you that you don't have any words, okay? Right. Because what I need for people to understand is Beyonce has fans, okay, that will not make it to college. Okay? Yes. They won't, they won't be PhDs. They won't get EDs. They won't be any of that. Mm-hmm. However, she reaches those people. Okay, now, in the world of academia, there are people who can live with or without Beyonce, okay? That's not whose concert they're going to, okay? Mm -hmm. However, we need both of these things to happen, okay? Right. We we, we do. There are little black girls that, that will not get to go to college just like I did. There are some that their level of awareness, they don't even want to go. And here's the thing. It's not for me to shame them because their exposure doesn't yes. include college. Correct. But if Beyonce is what serves you, your empowerment, and makes you happy to be black and a woman, then I need yes. you to be with her. I need that. And that's, and that's, that's all it is. That's all that's it is. All it is. The because at the end of the day, Crystal, it's just like you said, she has a wide range of fans because she does, as a matter of fact, have plenty of fans, I'm so sure, who are grown-ass women who are at the top of their game in academia. You know what I'm saying? These women also recognize that Beyonce has grown into what she is, and they have gone through many of the life things that she talks about. So They they absolutely have. 
They, they absolutely have. They and let me let me prove it because it's so crazy how I rarely have to use hypothetical anything. This is a real life example. So <laughs> last year, some students visited my alma mater, Texas A&M University. Some black students from Dallas, and they were uh, from the uplift uh, education system. The whole uplift education system, but high school students went to Texas A&M, where they were met with racial slurs and Confederate flags and, and, and the whole bit. Here uh-huh. is the irony there. One of my oldest friends is over the entire high school program for uplift. Uh-huh. You know what uh-huh. else she did? She graduated from Texas A&M University. Wow. wow. You know what else? She's black. You know what else? She's not 60 or 70. She's 41. Okay? Now. So while y'all are still students, white students matriculating, trying to get out of this university, the person who is over 9,000 high school students, black, has already accomplished what you're doing. Okay? Now. Now. On the flip side, on the all the way flip side, Mocha, I would like for you to know that she not only attended the Beyonce World Formation Tour here in Dallas, but she had a suite. Now, how you doing? How How you doing? doing? I love it. Look, this whole topic, this whole topic mm-hmm. and what you're talking about, it kind of brings me, and I'm sure that this has been covered at some point or another in uh, not all black women, but one of the things that I brought up that I want you to, to tackle as well, I, I brought up a little bit uh, when I spoke with David Banner. He's also one of those people, just like a, a celebrity like Beyonce, where he started out as one thing and they've been with us for so long and have grown into who they are today, where mm-hmm. their message mm-hmm. has changed. They mm-hmm. as people have changed. And I just get so freaking irritated by the general public that will not allow someone that they've grown up with to actually grow. Like mm-hmm. it blows, it blows my mind. Mm-hmm. We can grow up, but you are forever who you started off being. You are forever that one Facebook post. You are forever that one tweet. You are, for, you know, like that. That, that's what happens with, with our celebrities. And I agree. Like, I mean, I have I have definitely watched him go from being an MC to an activist. You should. Yes. yes. You know, we, we need people using their platform for the underrepresented. Because let me, here, here is the thing about me. So, um I, I know that there there is there will be a time where I'm in a room full of nothing but society people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you know what? I can sit up and talk about my friend's family member. Mm-hmm. Hey, let me tell you what, what record-breaking and groundbreaking things he did. You know, I can take his story there. Mm-hmm. Okay. If there is the case that there are entertainment people in the same room, I can also run down the two people that I know who worked for Beyonce, mm-hmm. women, black ones. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're also the, the fact that I know one of her former drummers, um, Kayla McCampbell, that produced for her, lives here in the Dallas area. Like what I'm saying is the whole all or none thing just drives me insane because there, there are always people that that can carry those messages where they need to go, but you have to understand that not everybody is reaching everybody. Yes. You know, it's not an A or B. It's an A and B. And I think that 
culturally, whenever, we, if we can, as black people can start embracing that, we'll go so much further because I love what David Banner is doing. Actually, I love what Beyonce is doing. I, I just, I love, I, I just do. Um, yeah. I'll be honest, Beyonce and, and Destiny's Child were just slightly behind me. Um, when Destiny's Child was, was really growing and becoming a thing, I was in college and my focus was, I'm going to graduate. I need to find a real job. You know what I'm saying? So right. I missed a, a lot of her music was just shy of where I was mentally. But this mm-hmm. grown Beyonce, yes, ma'am, I'm here for you. I'm all the way here for you. Yes. Yes, grown lady Beyonce. I mean, there are times where she has no idea that I'm her PR person. I read stories when I read the NYPD and, and the Miami PD, and, and she needs to explain herself, and maybe we'll let, listen. Let me tell you what I said, Beyonce. You bet not. You bet not apologize. You bet not. Not better not. Just bet not. You know, not. you should lose all of your credentials. Like just zero education about myself when I said that. You bet not. Who right. I started texting people. The, the screenshot. Who can we get to pass my text on to her? Okay. Okay. We're not explaining ourselves to anybody. And then no. my boo, yeah. and I don't mean that with any disrespect, but when Minister Farrakhan said, oh, <laughs> y'all don't want to protect Sister Beyonce, the FOI will. And he had so much respectable shade in his voice. Yes. Yes. I started trying to find out if I could sign up. Just right. Where is the application for can the next talk? Yes. Can we talk about power? Can, can we talk about it? <laughs> the crazy thing is, Minister Farrakhan came out and said that, and there was no more stories about boycotting Beyonce. None. None, honey. None, honey. They like, oh, you want us to on a wide platform showcase a whole lot of niggas dressed up in suits with guns? No, that's no, not, no. What? We'll do it. We'll show up. <laughs> we'll do it. Well, because that's what black people do is be extra. That's we so awesome at it. That's exactly what hmm. we do. Um, and I, I just know. A recent story to just now resurface, um, I forget what city it is, but there's only in the last week been another police department, um, you know, and, and it broke to say that they were claiming not to. And then within a day or two later, they came out backpedaling on it. Well, it's not exactly Beyonce. It's more of like, you you know, you, you kind of, it's more like, you know, somebody queue up punks jump up to get beat down. Yeah. Kill it. Because you thought that it was safe to bring that up. You know, how dare she just show a black womaning all over the place. Let me tell you what I said on Facebook. Beyonce can buy it your whole life. Thank you. Thank you. She can buy your whole life. Listen, this girl showed up in Atlanta. This woman, rather, showed up in Atlanta where I think that's where it was storming, like, super bad. And they had to delay the show. And yes. she said, if y'all in the rain, I'm in the rain. And then you yes. still got 60 grand to pay for yes. all the time that y'all went over. I love it. Love. <laughs> look, I'm here to tell yes. you, I've, I've, I've been, look, now my beehive, because, you know, people, like we just said, 
people never let you forget what you said. So after the Super Bowl performance, I was immediately a member of the Beehive. Okay, that's a lot of work. So, uh, <laughs> it is. It can. It can be. It can no, be. That's a lot of work. I mean, like, yo, we gotta run. I gotta drag everybody that says something about my fearless leader on Twitter. So here is what. Like I said, um, okay. So that, let that be the front line, youngsters that don't quite have as much going on. But look, when y'all need the old heads, call me. Yes. Okay. That's how yeah. Okay, okay, so let's talk while we're talking about this. So, and this is how I'm going to lead this in. That picture that was floating around on social media when Hillary Clinton stepped her tail out there at the uh, Black Girls Rock um, celebration and the eyes and how all them black women was looking at her eyes. That was, that was greatness. Listen. Now, we don't have to get into who you are. I ain't voting for, but it, it's... Right now, I just feel like there is a whole lot of mess, and I'm not even sure how to tackle what what angle to tackle it from first. But you know, and and just from my personal opinion, I'm not nowhere near for the Clintons, and just the uh, the things that they're doing right now is uh, you know, like literally as we were talking, breaking news about some way she cheated with some private emails or something. I'm like, they they really mm-hmm. And I don't even think it matters, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. So back to the, the picture, which I yeah. just thought was so awesome. It just, yeah. it was just so amazing. It was the biggest girl, what, what are you here doing with your life? <laughs> All of them was looking <laughs> like that, like, everybody. Like this. Everybody. <laughs> and look, now, and my shade queen leader, Rihanna. <laughs> Is no, never let me be around her. Okay, just oh my god! Like, I just want to ask, can we just spend like ten minutes just being shady? Can we? Uh, you know, not against anybody, but let's just pick a topic. Let's shade. Come on, one, two, three, go. Yeah. Um, yes. I I think that, and I see a lot of Hillary fans um, on my timeline. Great, be a Hillary fan if you want to. Um, I did tweet a while back, and I, I mean this, I don't think I mean it the way people talk, that I wish I could vote for Hillary uh, mm-hmm. because her demographic is the rich 1% of women, which she is, right? Yeah. So I, I want to be rich enough for her interests to be mine. Because see, right yeah. now, I'm the poor 99%, so not so much me. Um what but the the pandering because I noticed that that's what we keep calling it and I like that word the Mm -hmm. pandering for the black vote I'm just over it Um, I'm I'm over it the meme of her playing dominoes and it was just all wrong uh, something to the account of like 4-3 coming off the big six girl where where I'm just I'm gonna move on because I'll go in because I I love me some dominoes like I just said not all black girls play same because I love some dominoes and I saw that and I was like what is now we can I mean can we can we at least make sure the the stuff matches up before you take the photo please like I need I need your pandering to be rooted in authenticity at least do that Um, going on the Breakfast Club and just 
Oh. You know, you, you, you got oh. in your purse. You just oh. you heard one Beyonce song, and now you, as Gino says, now you eliminated. Girl, but wait a minute. But wait a minute. But wait a minute. The whole irony of the hot sauce, because it seems like the videos, I can't remember if the videos came out before or after or if it was just after formation, but, you know, hot sauce was more likely actually the bat, you know, not the damn actual hot sauce. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that it's the little things. Like, if you don't pander to the black community, go do some beehive research. Like, go all the way deep down with it before Mm -hmm. you come out talking. (laughs) <laughs> that would be great. Um, what, what, but here is where, um, here is where the entitlement part never goes away. Mm-hmm. The entitlement part never goes away when I keep seeing videos of black women at your private events, which means they have paid to be there. Like they bought a ticket, okay? mm-hmm. getting um, put out, and getting and and they're getting put out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I keep seeing the same thin white man putting his hands on these women to put his arms around them. And, and yes. even that is condescending in the way that he's doing it. I'm not saying he's putting his hand on them in a violent way, but just even the way that's happening is very, very condescending. Um, yes. But you want my vote, and I'm looking at you silence the voice of my sisters. No, ma'am. Yes. Um, yes. That's the problem. Um I know that we just had a conversation about, you know, our black activists and leaders not being able to grow and move past things that they say. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to come back and and exercise my right to nuance. The use of super predators, I'm never going to be okay with that. Correct. Um, And the reason why I'm not is because I've yet to see an apology. Yes. Um, I've, I've yet to see from her ownership of the policies that her husband put into place that have destroyed black families at a disproportionate rate to white families in terms of his bills that were passed on, on sentences, prison and, and, and otherwise. And, and, and that resonates with me yes. so much um, because, because of those policies, because there is a, a Dallas girl. And when I say all the black girl magic, um, I came to know Brittany Bird socially just through hanging out at Sankofa. And she was just starting law school. At the time, she took on a, a, a nonprofit case as a student for Sharanda Jones, an inmate who essentially got life for her first time nonviolent drug conviction. Wow. So with, all, with all of the enhancements that, that were tacked onto her sentence, those the, each charge and then she was sentenced ended up being life. First time, nonviolent. So wow. when I woke up one day in December of 2015 and saw that Brittany updated her Facebook to say, <clears throat> excuse me, that President Obama signed a pardon for Sharanda. When I tell you I cried, real tears <laughs> at my house, I mean, I'm not even, I sobbed uncontrollably that I yes. watched this woman from the time we became Facebook friends and she was a student in law school to now she graduated because that was definitely 2009, wow. 2008, 2009, somewhere like that. In 2015, to see that, to stay with something, this woman is free today. Awesome. Brittany updated a picture of herself with former Attorney General Eric Holder, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in, I'm sorry, not Austin, in Washington, D.C. And, I mean, she is still doing that kind of work. But what I'm saying is for Bill Clinton to come and say, 
I realized that that was not the thing to do now. That's fine because I'm not going to say you didn't know what you were doing. I'm going to say you probably didn't understand the long-term ramifications of that to this magnitude. But my problem is the person who is apologizing is not the person who needs my vote. She is. Correct. And so her refusal to acknowledge how devastating that was and to say that you had a hand in it is problematic for me because you just want to white woman your way out of the situation by not wholly just saying, you know what, it just wasn't the best decision and we're sorry because you are accountable for it now. You know why? Because you want me to trust you to leave my damn country. Right. How about no? What what her line is? Right, right. How about... (laughs) sweeping that under the rug and just glossing over it like it didn't happen. It, you know what? She's like a strip of eyelashes. You just want to put that over what it really is and then go, no, ma'am. Your last strip is coming up in the corners and I see it and I'm ah! arguing on it. It's coming up in the corner. <laughs> coming up in the corner. The inner corner, which always comes up. That's you, Hillary. No, ma'am. <laughs> it is. She you is know, very, she's on the extreme side of uh, condes- condescending, the like you said. I mean, she has side a, of it. Yeah, like, she oh, has an aura about her. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I just threw my hands up. No, I just threw my hands up because I just oh. ran out of everything. <laughs> it, it's the extreme side of yeah. condescending. You decided that the way to get the black vote is to show up playing dominoes. Let me tell you something. I learned how to play dominoes in college, pursuing my bachelor of science. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you understand that just dominoes is still not enough? All of right. them are not everybody is playing dominoes in, at, at the park, at the house, and, and what she thinks that is. Like, there, there are some of us that, first of all, there are some of us that don't even know how to play. So you still miss black people. Not all black yeah. people play dominoes. You still miss yeah. a good deal of us. And then second of all, even those of us that are, are educated, super educated or whatever, we turned around and went right back to our root and got offended when we saw 4-3 coming off the big six or whatever is going Thank on you. in that picture. Thank you. <laughs> we, still, we still put all of our accomplishments aside and just got mad just on some basic you know, blackness. She makes me feel like those people who you get around sometimes that are super annoying just for the simple fact that they talk to you as if you have boo-boo the fool written on your forehead. And that just pisses you off to no end. No, it does. (laughs) Like, they just start talking to you, explaining things. And I probably offend people because I always ask, are you familiar with? And then the person's like, yeah. And, And I'm always, I'm sorry. I just don't like to assume and I don't like yeah. to talk to you like you don't know. That's why I always ask. You know, and it's Me too. It's yeah. music. But that's what, you know, are you familiar with blah, blah, blah? And then I go on and what I'm going to say. But see, yeah. she just started telling me things that, <laughs> you just started telling me uh, that, that Stevie wanted to play piano on his, girl, I already knew Stevie wanted to play piano on all his tracks. I didn't need you to tell me that. She's that. <laughs> You know, um, uh, she's this. You know, Jay Z doesn't actually write his lyrics. He just, girl, we've been knowing. He just freestyles all that stuff. We know that. I guess you're going to tell me Wayne does it next. Really? Look at me walking around. Oh, that's why I can never do that. That's why I always tell Cooper. 
assume, if you want to assume anything, assume I do know so we can move along with this conversation. Would you? <laughs> because then that saves me from having to scowl at you and then, I'm, and then it gets caught in a photograph or my friends are behind your head motioning for me to fix my face and I see that yeah. I'm still not. I'm not going to fix my face. I can't let you off the hook. I had to exchange actually last night at a bar at Three Links. Um, and this girl said, how was your birthday, mama? And I said, you have me confused with somebody else. I, I don't have a birthday. I was your waitress that night. You told me it was your birthday. Mm-mm. So then I hit her with, my birthday is in October, and I spent it in San Diego with Janet Jackson. No waitress. And then I had to stunt because my tickets were front row. Well, you told me it was your birthday. And I said, listen. Okay, you said we have the wrong black girl, and that's okay. But yes. you're not make this be me lying to you. I know we all look alike. And then I just, and I started to just walk off then, but I had to let her stew in that. Like, boo, you barked up the wrong black girl tree. Wait a minute. Did you stand there? Did you stand there with your lips cocked to the side looking at her after you said it? Is that what happened? I, I did one better. Because that gives you black girl attitude. I gave her all of the blankets of the devoid of everything <laughs> so that you don't even know where to go. Because if I've hurt my lips, you know I'm offended. But when I say something like, okay, I know that we all look alike, but you have the wrong black girl this time, and it's okay. Just say you have me mistaken for somebody else. And then I just stood there. <laughs> And then she shuffled off. Yeah, okay. Right. That's Hillary Clinton right there. You don't make it be me that you serve. You go, okay, no. And that's Hillary. Like, you're just going to. You're gonna you're gonna decide what it is to appeal to black people and then just do it. But you don't understand that we're not cookie cutter. We don't get that luxury because y'all made it so. Exactly. Actually. So what you need to do, what you should have done in the two to three years that you were planning this campaign run, is you should have gotten a whole bunch of black people together. Let me tell you something. Get Mark Lamont Hill and and Timbisa M. Shaka and, you know, all of those of us that have sense but still identify with being black, don't call Stacey that. She, that's who you called anyway. That's your black advisory board committee, and this is where she has gotten you. But you call all these other people that will get you right on together right. so that you can appeal to us, right? Because the, even the, the most not formal education having black people are still very smart. If you don't believe me, go into a barbershop. There's legit community analysis going on. I know this because I yes. owned one. Yes, absolutely. These men very much know what is, is going on. There's a barber in Houston, James Rivers, who knows everything about everything, and I don't mean that in a BS way. I mean yes. this man can talk to you about music, Politics, world, all of it. He's, and I literally met him one time. He is absolutely brilliant. And these are the kinds of conversations that happen in his barbershop. Well, the, the next time you come on, we're going to have to talk about barbershop talk because I get, of course, with my short hairstyle, I frequent um, a particular barbershop over in Grand Prairie. And the, it's like you said, the conversations that take place, yes, it may be, depending on who you are, 
in a, a tone or even a um, the choice of words that you're not used to, but it's very much, um, you know, still relevant all the same, you know. It's and very you- relevant. Yeah, and it's very relevant across the board because the thing about it is for, for those of us who have achieved the doctor status like a Mark Lamont Hill, uh, and I have friends that are they're, they're VPs and presidents of, of Fortune 50 and 500 companies for departments and things like that. They're still going to black barbershops to get their hair cut, so you still get all of it. You know, like you yeah. say, you still get all of it. But yes. Hillary just decided that she was gonna watch, you know, a three-minute YouTube video. Not even that. She decided to watch a fifty when Instagram videos were fifteen seconds and not a full sixty like now. On, yes. on what it is to be black and then just come out and run her campaign. And that's the reason why I can't trust you. Correct. Because you didn't even care enough to learn me. That's right. You, you didn't well, even care enough to learn me. Absolutely. And on that note, we are going to switch complete gears before we okay. um, have to end today. I want to talk about, now I want everybody out there, you need to go search anywhere, hashtag DFW. That's Dallas Fort Worth DFW Crew Love um, the right. Exchange. Yes, yes. <laughs> so we have we had the pleasure of having um, Jay Rose on both shows actually before. So I love him, love his personality. So tell everybody a little bit about what is coming up with Jay Rose and DFW Crew Love. So um, our the um, our monthly panel event is called the Exchange. And we that's what we do. Every month we feature somebody who will be at Spinster Records. Um, that's the home of the exchange. And they talk about whatever their thing is in music or in entertainment, not just music. Um, mm-hmm. So Jay Rose will be um, our May panelist. Um, sometimes there's a group. This time it's going to be just Jay Rose discussing um, you know, his production career, his author career, winning a billboard, working with Lecrae, working with S1, um, working with Talib, and, and all of that is what he'll be talking about. So um, the, the the catalyst or impetus for creating the exchange is that um, I was telling Gino, you know, how people really think that you guys <laughs> and all of your awards and, and whatnot are just kind of untouchable. And so we wanted to make a place where people can come out and really just ask the questions that you want to ask of of people who are already very successful at it. So um, J-Rose is definitely kind of our first venture into hip-hop because before, <laughs> it, you know, the, the topics and the panelists have been more of the live music side of Dallas. Um, so, yeah, come out and, and talk to Justin about, um, you know, how he navigated his way because and one of the things that I love about people like Justin people like Darius Scott um, from The Voice who is working with Pharrell um, is that they found their way to success outside of that traditional pipeline which is uh, uh, Booker T, Arts Magnet and then God's Property and then the Badu Camp which Mm -hmm. has been a wonderful breeding ground for our talent but there are some outliers who have still found, you know, excellent success, and they didn't take that role. So Jay Rose, being a uh, Carter High graduate like me, uh, I'm very excited for him to be able to discuss, um, you know, how he found his way to um, his success. So we'll be doing that Saturday, Spinster Records, 8 to 10, a very, very casual 
Um, Spencer is a vinyl record store, so, you know, come out, look for vinyl, buy a record player if you don't have one, all those things, and the owner is super great about having us. So that's that's what we're doing. Um, my mom typically comes, so I won't be um, in panties. Every time I go somewhere, people say, no, I'm not doing that. Um, but shout out to all of y'all who love a big girl that took a picture with her panties and put it on social media and didn't shame me. Um, oh, fine. I was. Thank, I mean, I was just like, cause I don't care, but I was feeling like there was no shaming. Okay, we we are really doing something. Um, but I also really venture over into Twitter, so that's probably why. Um, but anyway, yeah. So we'll we'll be there, and I'll probably have our all of our tribute shirts. Not probably, I definitely will have um all the tribute shirts that we have done, including the Prince tribute shirt. If you're interested awesome. in getting one, come pick it up. Yay. Well, thank you. Um, we appreciate you as always. We'll definitely have to do this again soon because there's just, you know, there's too much going on that we, you know, we need to add our commentary on. <laughs> we, we, need, we, need to, we need to have our black girl commentary that's rooted in actual black girlism, not... Um, hey. Not not um Chris notes on how to be a black girl. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. So stay stay on the line with me, uh, Crystal, and we're gonna actually uh, we're gonna go ahead and end everything today. It has been a wonderful show. This has been the midweek matchup with me, your girl Mocha Soulfly. Make sure you check out the podcast. Um, you can go to iTunes. You can go to Spreaker, all over the place, and just check out. Type in midweek matchup to check out. Uh, past shows with Crystal, and also this show will be up by tomorrow as well. So make sure you download the app as well. Just type in Grass, Space Root, Space Salute. You can also catch replays of this show there. Tune in this Friday for the Grassroots Salute live video show. We have some really awesome guests coming in, um, and, and all you got to do is go to watchoneirlive.com to catch that. So make sure you all check us out. Uh, we love all of you. Um, we are going to end it tonight, or today rather, with Heart of the Lantern Light. This is another drop from the group project Mystic Verse with myself and B Swift. Um, so make sure y'all check it out. Go to mysticverse.bandcamp.com to listen uh, and download if you like. So peace out. We love you. We will catch you next Wednesday. You have been listening to the Get Global Network podcast of Midweek Mashup, hosted by Mocha Soulfly. You can hear the show live on Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on SoMetro Radio, one of the original member stations of the Get Global Network. Listen to the show on the go or hear replays of previous shows by installing the Get Global Network apps like So Metro Magazine and Grassroot Salute for your cell phone. The apps are available for download on both Google Play and iTunes App Store. Take the time to subscribe to our podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or the Spreaker Podcast Network. Take the time to subscribe to our podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or the Spreaker Podcast Network.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 